the simplest way I can define emotional intelligence is purposeful action to grow and sustain relationships with other human beings. So what am I doing to do that? Having conversations with them, including them in the decision-making, encouraging them, supporting them when they do make mistakes, helping them learn from mistakes rather than tearing them down. You're listening to the Building a Coaching Culture podcast. If you need to compete and win in the 21st century labor market as an employer of choice, this podcast is for you. Each week, we share leadership development, coaching, and culture development insights from leading experts who are developing world-class cultures in their own organizations. And now, here's your host, J.R. Flatter. All right, welcome back, everybody. J.R. Flatter again. We're talking about building your house of leadership. As always, I'm here with Lucas and Rosalie. Say hi to everybody. Hello. Hello. And focus today on technical, cognitive, and emotional alignment. And so we'll blast through here pretty quick and give you some familiarity on what we mean when we talk about technical, cognitive, and emotional alignment. If you join us for the seminar, the 12-week seminar, we'll take you to proficiency and how TCE fits in your house of leadership in your personal and professional life. So welcome. Before we jump into TCE, as always, in a new topic, we're going to talk about the old topic for a few minutes and remind ourselves as we build this house, what do we talk about and how does it all fit together? So here we are in our third characteristic, the foundation of courage, principled pillar, and now today, TCE. I just had this conversation with a very senior leader over breakfast this morning, been leading for about as long as I have, but at a crossroads and asking themselves, what's next? So building the house is valuable for not only young leaders, middle of career leaders and third, fourth, fifth act leaders as well. So I asked him to do the same things that we would ask of you. Journal, streams of consciousness, what the week's all about, how they're fitting together, conversations you've had, emotion surprises and insights that you experienced. Talking to significant others, so essential to a successful build of a house of leadership. If you build it by yourself without having those conversations, you might end up alone wherever you're going, or you might not end up there at all. And then each week, we'll ask you to talk to a leader that you consider especially fill in the blank for what that week is. So last week was principles. So talk to a leader that you consider especially principled. All right, let's jump right in then. Quickly, here's our journey together. We'll always highlight where we're at in the journey, talking about the third characteristic, but the second pillar. So we're about a third of the way through. I often talk about this phase as the blueprinting phase because we really haven't started building anything. We're just blueprinting. As always, we have our affirmation. This is uh, building a house of courageous leadership. And so all of the characteristics are drawn from courageous leadership. So I am a courageous leader. Therefore, I am technically, cognitively, and emotionally aligned. And when you hear me say that out loud, you're probably scratching your head. You have no idea what that means, but we're going to explain it to you. Anne Rand, one of my favorite authors, Lucas, I think you've read her books. I'm not sure about you, Rosalie, if you've read her books. Fountainhead, Atlas Shrugged are probably the two of the most famous. But this quote from her, I started my life with a single absolute, that the world was mine to shape in the image of my highest values, and never to be given to a lesser standard. 
no matter how long or how hard, not only describes what we think TCE means, but also this entire house of leadership requires all of the characteristics that you see or you hear in Rand's quote. Let's start to define what we mean by this. TCE alignment, technical, cognitive, and emotional, and we'll define what we mean by each of those. Combined, what does it mean to be aligned? That your day-to-day actions align with your leadership roles. And so if you have a position description in your leadership job, are you aligned in accomplishing those responsibilities? And then taking that a step further, ensuring that your day-to-day leadership aligns with your team's roles and responsibilities. So if you think about the tasks that you're performing every day, and then over time, quarter by quarter, month by month, year by year, are you doing the things necessary to make your job and those who work with you to accomplish those missions? Thoughts on the definitions? What does TCE mean to you if you were asked you to define it, Rosalie? For me, I think about different areas of my life. I think of my color-coded work schedule that has a color for work, that has a color for other aspects as well. But you can kind of evaluate where you are in life. Like I'm at the younger part of my work life, for example. So a lot of the work that I'm doing is more technical, responding to emails and stuff like that. And that I love because it's like once a task is done, I'm good to go. As you progress in your career, you start to experience some of those other elements of TCE, which aren't exactly something you check off. But, you know, are you committing yourself to building a coaching culture every day in your work environment? How are you leading your team? How are you being a valuable team member? I think about a lot of different aspects. It's like hard for me to pin down one simple definition for this. But for me, when I think of TCE, I think about where you currently are in your career and how that will affect where those percentages would be. I guess a good example that I see lots of times, and I think I might have mentioned this in the first session, but that if you're a developer or you know a programmer, you're very technical, and then lots of times you'll get promoted to a place where maybe they'll somebody will want you to be a manager. And some people are uncomfortable with that because you're getting away from the technical and more towards, you know, planning and organization on the cognitive side. And then on the emotional side, kind of dealing with the people aspect, like, you know, it's not about how efficient you are. It's about, oh, this person might be having a hard time and we need to have a conversation, you know. So it's like, you need different skills for each of these and you might need to step away from one to work on the other. Yeah, both of those help clarify, I think. And I think you both have good working definitions of what we're talking about here. Let's just explain a little bit one by one. So we'll jump into technical first. And as Rosalie said, usually earlier in your career, you're very technically focused. What are those foundational skills that you need to succeed in your chosen profession? So you would have a basket of technical skills as a doctor, as a lawyer, as a welder, an auto mechanic. What are those foundational skills? How does an internal combustion engine work? How do two metals come together? How do I cure the human body? And what you mentioned, Rosalie, is really important and technical, and it keeps a lot of people in technical. No right or wrong, just is. Very rewarding, immediately. I'm done. Here it is. Oftentimes physically and emotionally exhausting. So by the end of the day, you're like, wow, I'm tired. I'm physically tired. 
and you have that pride that comes with you know, seeing those accomplishments. So a lot of people tend to, we use the word comfort a lot. They are comfortable in the technical. And even when you move beyond that, we find ourselves navigating back to technical because it is so darn comfortable and so immediately rewarding. My inbox is empty. <laughs> I could go home. <laughs> but there's a lot of other things that need to be done in a successful life and a successful organization. We'll move on to cognitive a little bit. What do we mean by cognitive? It's really the brain and using the brain to collect data, conduct analysis of that data, make decisions with the analysis, and then go begin executing those decisions toward an objective. So that's what we mean when we talk about cognitive. Still a lot of similarities to technical. If you're a bookkeeper, the cognitive piece of the bookkeeping would be reading the law and interpreting the law, interpreting the what we call gap, generally agreed accounting principles, and then applying the gap and offering insights to other people. In the more technical space, you would just you would be balancing the balance sheet. And if it balanced, you're done. In the cognitive space, you would say, is the balance sheet the best way to accomplish this? So if I could continue on some of the analogies, now I'm I'm a doctor, but I know the human body, but I'm listening to all of the symptoms and I'm making choices based on the data that I'm gathering. It's not a linear discussion anymore. If I'm a mechanic, I'm not asking myself, do I know how to rebuild the engine? I'm asking myself, is that the best solution? Or maybe I should just replace the engine. A lawyer, not only do I know the law technically, but do I have enough evidence to convict? Those are all cognitive spaces. Many ways, equally comforting as technical. So find ourselves navigating back to the cognitive. If I only had a little more data, if I could only have a few more minutes to do the analysis, we call that paralysis through analysis. So there's a lot of similar characteristics between the technical and the cognitive. And then moving into the emotional, this is where it really gets fuzzy. You hear this, these terms, soft skills. Technical and cognitive would be considered hard skills. Can I balance a balance sheet? Can I weld two pieces of metal together? Those are very hard skills. You get into the emotional, people start to talk about it being soft. But I'll tell you, this far into the 21st century, there's nothing soft about them. They're absolutely essential. And emotional intelligence, with your analogy, Rosalie, usually as we mature in our leadership roles, we find that the technical and cognitive isn't getting us there anymore. There's only so many hours in a day and there are so many tasks to be performed. If I spend my time on those technical and cognitive tasks, can I do the emotional intelligence tasks that I need? And so you do necessarily move away. The simplest way I can define emotional intelligence is purposeful action to grow and sustain relationships with other human beings. So what am I doing to do that? Having conversations with them, including them in the decision-making, encouraging them, supporting them, when they do make mistakes, helping them learn from mistakes rather than tearing them down. If you look at the value you can create across an organization, if you focus on technical, you're pretty limited because there's only so many pieces of metal you can weld in a day. In the cognitive, there's only so much data collection and analysis that needs to be done. The really infinite value that can be created is with emotional intelligence. So for me, of the three, Technical, cognitive, and emotional 
is the most enterprise valuable, perhaps not for a particular task, but for the enterprise. And it's also the least immediately rewarding. It's one of the reasons that a lot of people, as Lucas said, aren't comfortable in that space. It might be decades, if ever, before you realize the value of the EQ, which is the acronym for emotional intelligence, that you've demonstrated and changed someone's life. So it takes a lot more patience. It's very nonlinear, no tangible anything to it. It's all years in the making, if not more, but it's, I'll keep coming back to this theme. If you want to be an executive leader and you choose, because you get to build your house of leadership, you choose technical, cognitive, or emotional. If you want to be an executive leader, you are going to have to use to learn your emotional intelligence. There's simply no two ways about it. By doing so, you're going to get less good at what you used to be really good at. I'll pause there and see what your thoughts are across technical, cognitive, and emotional in your own journeys and in your own teaching. One of the strengths of having technical skills and some sort of project management or just people skills, soft skills, is that you can kind of take what people are saying on the technical side and hopefully be able to rephrase it in a way where it can be understood by other stakeholders. And instead of making a decision that's only from the perspective of the stakeholders, I can kind of pull in the technical perspective without, you know, overwhelming people. So I think like as you go forward, it's helpful to have a link to those technical, you know, either skills or language when you are on the emotional side, when you are on the decision-making side. I really love talking about emotional intelligence, learning about emotional intelligence, and looking to that as kind of a stepping stone of where eventually I'd like to be more of. But I think that for individuals who are listening and, and thinking about these things, perhaps in their own lives, thinking about where you feel that you want to grow more, that you might feel that you could have more to give in different areas of these things. I think that's really important. And particularly for emotional intelligence, about two years ago, I had an opportunity to interview one of the liaisons to the Pentagon. And she was a forerunner for women in, in Department of Defense. And she told me that her like secret to getting to where she was, was emotional intelligence. And especially being typically in a room full of men, emotional intelligence is what got her through and got her to where she was. So I think it's a really important aspect. I think that there's no judgment to where you may be in life or where you may feel most comfortable, but think about those spaces that you might've been comfortable for too long and it's time to grow a little bit more and push yourself. You can absolutely do that if you so choose to. I love that from both of you. That's good stuff. A lot of thoughts come to mind as I hear you, you saying those things and Lucas, one of your comments about you know, being technical and then growing into a leadership position, some of the biggest mistakes I've made in hiring and some of the biggest mistakes people make in promoting is promoting someone who's really good technically into a leadership role of technical people in any manner, not just IT, but welding, auto mechanics, you name it, because it does take a purposeful, voluntary decision to move to that space. So if you take someone who has decided, I want to be T and I want to be the best T there ever was. I want to be Q or C. I want to be the best C there ever was. 
and you force them into that EQ role, it's going to turn out bad for both of you. And also, so it's willingness and ability. They might be willing, but you better train them how to be a leader because you don't just wake up one morning and know how to lead. So are you willing to reinvent yourself? So if you think about it, each of these different phases, and it is a back and forth continuum because you're never exclusively in one. If you think of moving across these phases and how you achieve success and then being told, okay, to go further, you have to reinvent yourself. Oh, and to go further, you have to reinvent yourself. And so are you willing and able to do that and leave behind those things that gave you satisfaction, fulfilled you, got you promoted? It's asking a lot, but it's absolutely an essential transformation, not a transaction, but a transformation. All right. So developmental assignments, the same every week. There's a bit of a nuance here. So you should journal. You should have conversations with significant others. You should have a conversation with your coach, have a conversation with a leader. You think has this figured out pretty well. They're going to have a good TCE alignment. But also, I want you to spend some time thinking about where you are. Are you a T? Are you C? Are you an E? The balance of all three, where are you? And then ask yourself, where do you need to be to go to that next step? All right, well, thanks for being here. And that's the end of our TCE. Next session, talk about work, family, self. See you then. Well, that concludes this episode of Building a Coaching Culture. I truly hope that this episode was helpful to you. If it was, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Maybe stop and give us a rating or review and share this podcast with someone who might find it helpful as well. Thanks again and we'll see you next time.